0: Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now, your
1: host, Saul Marquez. And welcome back to the podcast. Saul here, and I've got the outstanding Jay Dreyer. He's the founder of CareFlash and PrizePals. Each were inspired out of a caretaking role in circumstances bridging illness to end of life. Jay's a recovering CFO. He's got a passion for solutions that enhance the fabric, texture, and holistic nature of how loved ones engage in times of heightened anxiety. As a listener to the podcast, you guys and gals know how important it is to ensure outcomes are going well. And, Caregiving is, is definitely one of those areas that is highly stressed. But also providers too are, are ones that we've got to keep our mind on as we look to improve the quadruple aim, which includes also wellness for our providers. In strengthening the care and growth of organizations, Jay's done a lot of things in animal care as well. Formerly, he was CFO of an early stage B2B software company. And he's also been the CFO of several other firms. So it is a pleasure to have Jay on the podcast today. Welcome, my friend. Thank you, Saul. It's great to be here. It is a pleasure to have you on as our guest. Now, you just came in from an awesome trip to Santa Fe, New Mexico, unplugged for a couple of weeks. That was pretty cool, man.
0: It's an investment in your sanity and your ability to refuel and move forward with velocity and something that's been working out for me for many years.
1: So thank you. I think that's pretty cool. Very inspiring, folks. A reminder, you got to resharpen your saw. The best in the business do. And Jay, uh, Jay is definitely a great example of that. What got you in the medical sector, Jay?
0: Well, actually, I'm not necessarily in the medical sector per se, but instead, I had an experience with a family member where I was that go-to family caretaker to a loved one who was living with a chronic illness. And this was something that unwound over many months and became more and more complex by the day that culminated in a few weeks of hospice care in the home and the death of this loved one. And as I watched this go on over these many months, it came more and more clear to me that most of our friends and family were much more about sympathies and well wishes the occasional casserole and people asking me 10 times a day how they could help as opposed to just basic natural connectedness. And as this went on and culminated in the death of this loved one, everybody in our friends and family pool kind of flipped this virtual switch and went to this place of nonstop condolences for months on end. And I'm not saying that the well wishes or the casseroles or the condolences weren't helpful, but for sure they weren't helpful for very long. And it started to become clear to me that many of those well-meaning behaviors of friends and family, they complicate things in the the life and the effectiveness and productivity of family caretakers and families in general. And that was really the whole catalyst that led me to look at the healthcare world to try to determine what we could do, what I could do as an outsider to the industry to help effect better quality outcomes for the industry.
1: That's very interesting, Jay. And you know, you, you definitely are, are hitting a topic that's very real for a lot of people. And, um, you know, if you're listening to this today, I'm sure you, you've either gone through it are going through it. Somebody in your family, a loved one, a friend is dying, or you're a caretaker or someone you know is a caretaker. And, and, and maybe what Jay said resonated with you because it's true. And so, Jay, I'd love if you could just level set with us what your companies are up to, what their area of value is, why you do what you do.
0: So, bridging on what I just mentioned as far as that gap in uh-huh. the reality of caretakers that I saw throughout those many months that culminated in our loss of our family was the fact that if someone could do something to nudge those well-meaning friends and family to become more part of the journey and less part of the landscape connected with a process that you're going through, let's say a chronic illness or something like that. It's not connected to, you know, end of life or grief or anything like that. It's just a simple chronic illness where over time, much of the time, chronic illnesses develop complications. And when complications happen, if you're not in a place of being able to understand that the complications are creating complications in your life as a caretaker, you risk the very common reality of what most, many, many people run into, which is not accurately understanding the fact that their requirements are changing. And those complications are starting to cut into their quality of life, their sleep quality, their appetite, their stress level, their effectiveness at work, a whole range of, of implications that all continue to add up to further diminish quality of life for the caretaker. And of course, when that happens, everybody pays a huge price, not the least of which is the payer and the provider and the different components of people who are serving, providing medical care to that person, but society as well. And when all that starts to add up and admittedly, most people are not going to take time to read a book on how you be a caretaker when they're in the throes of it all. You know, it's just like you get into it, you think, well, you just fight the good fight and continue to do what you can do to keep all the balls up in the air. But as things get more and more complex, it becomes obvious that if someone could offer a tool to all these family caretakers to help those friends and loved ones become more part of the journey that they're already on, It would have been fundamental not only to their sanity and their quality of life, but their effectiveness as caretakers. And that's really what CareFlash, the organization that I founded in 2005, does, which is basically empower friends and loved ones to become more part of the journey and less part of the landscape. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's really great. I love that tagline. So what would you say one of the things that your organization is doing to create results by doing things differently?
0: Well, to be straightforward, the solution that CareFlash offers is a tool that's completely created and run by a family called a Careopolis. Okay. And we define the Careopolis as a metropolis of love and empathy. As simple as it is, this is a tool that is created and run by a family that takes three or four minutes to do, and there are components built into each Careopolis that enable friends and loved ones, as I say, to become more part of the journey. So those components would include an interactive calendar and a blog and a photo and video sharing capability and storytelling tool and 3D animations that explain complex topics that uh, many times people don't understand, something as common as COPD. You know, they know the four letters, but they sure don't know what they mean or what the implications of, of COPD are. And of course, getting into many, many other facets of chronic and acute illnesses is that these animations kind of help bring people out of their shell and better understanding what's going on around their loved one. And they're produced by the number one company worldwide that does this, a company out of Houston called Blossom Medical Communications.
1: Fascinating. And so now families could have a place where they educate, inspire, and nudge, as you said, each other to do things that actually are meaningful in the journey.
0: Absolutely. People want to engage, but they don't know how. And thank goodness we're all unique, but emotional barriers are what they are. And when people don't have the wherewithal to engage where it's convenient and comfortable for them to do so, they tend to withdraw. And what the chiropelists do is basically give people a slight bit of transparency into the processes that are going on in ways that gives them the ability to hop on the train when it's convenient and comfortable to do so. And if you can enable people to give up their energy and their love and their time over time, that's a very compelling emotional stimulus. And it feels great and they wanna do it again. And so we're not asking them to pull the entire cart on their own. All we're asking them to do is to engage where it's convenient and comfortable to do so. And over our 14 years of doing this, we've listened sufficiently to our member base around the world talk about how the Careopolis is not only are helping them through what they're going through, whether they're the recipient of the care or a caretaker, but they've been the source of most of our innovation and intelligence on helping to improve that fabric and texture.
1: Love that. What a great, great idea, Jay. and you know, as we speak, I, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I found out my, my grandfather has uh, stage four cancer and just kind of seeing my family shuffle around, you know, what to do and the confusion and, you know, you sometimes get lost and you don't know what to do. And it's nice to have a platform like yours that could guide families to clarity because it's hard to get clear when things like this happen.
0: And I think when we're on these journeys where the end isn't altogether clear, you know, people are going through difficult circumstances every hour of the day where one of the outcomes could be their loved one is going to recover, or rehabilitate, and go on to have a long, healthy life. Others are going to meander with various challenges in healthcare, and others are going to be grieving their loved ones, but I think the uncertainty component where you know, you're know you not quite sure where things are going or for sure you're not quite sure of the timing of where things are going, which is what creates so much anxiety, and yeah. when you're in that role as a caretaker, you're, the, the aloneness component is so strong, and you kind of start, you know, after the first couple of weeks, feeling like you're on your own journey, and everybody else is trying really hard to not intrude But when you've got that circumstance, it compounds quickly to the disadvantage of the caretaker and the person at the center of it all, who's the patient, of course.
1: For sure. Now, amidst all this, right, situations happening, you guys deploy your your solution. Give us an example of a setback that you had, Jay, and what you learned from that setback.
0: Well, the one most significant setback that I had was more in the process of introducing and implementing care flash throughout the medical community. Mm-hmm. The healthcare industry is huge and it's longstanding and it's highly innovative when it comes to things like uh, implants and pharmaceuticals and medical devices and other things, but it isn't altogether that innovative when it comes to certain types of social innovation. And, it took me a long time to understand that, you know, unless you're able to speak to the pain of an industry when you're talking to professionals in that industry, in quantitative terms, the likelihood that they're going to, I don't want to say respect, but embrace what you're talking about is thin. And the one thing, that, the hurdle that I found most difficult to understand and navigate around was the timing, the longevity of what it would take to introduce this innovation into the healthcare industry. And now that we're into our 14th year, we work with about 900 healthcare institutions across the whole continuum of healthcare. But for many years, I was wondering if, if there was any place for what we do in helping to round out the concept of holistic healing as we do.
1: Wow. What a great call out there. And yeah, it's uh testament to you sticking to it, Jay, that it finally caught fire and, uh, and started working for the people. So kudos to you for being able to, to stick with it, for it to work. I feel like a lot of people leave and they give up before it actually works. And so congrats on that. How about the flip side of that? What's one of your proudest leadership experiences to date?
0: Well, easily the, the proudest reality of where we've been going and where we continue to go is the additional facets of the healthcare continuum That every month look our direction and see something significant and compelling in regards to their goals and what we do. And most recently, I can clearly say this is in the orthopedic and the prosthetic industries. And, you know, I have never really had much experience personally with orthopedic injuries or people who are looking at prosthetics to give them quality of life, where so much of the time, people don't appreciate the fact that when someone is living with a limb that has poor circulation or for some reason it's painful, that by giving up that limb and replacing it with a prosthetic, that's going to give that person huge improvements in quality of life and mobility and independence and things that are fundamental to having quality of life. And as we've gotten more and more growth into the prosthetic industry, it's been amazing for me to see how our solution helps to get friends and loved ones on the same page where many times their behaviors will fear with someone's consideration in going, going up to giving away their limb in getting a prosthetic replacement. And, you know, it's just like when people have a loved one who one of the possibilities of their care is, is uh, giving up their limb, a lot of times friends and families will battle that. You know, they'll see that as dad will no longer be whole. Forget the fact that he's going to end up with much better quality of life after that, that limb replacement. But so much of the time, friends and loved ones interfere with that decision-making process. And then on the flip side, people grieve the loss of a limb. People give up a, a leg voluntarily, replace it with a prosthetic. They will eventually start developing really strong improvements in quality of life. But in the meantime, they grieve the loss of that limb. They still feel like the limb is there even though it's gone. And There's a lot of complications to the psychology of people, but one of the things that I think is that I'm most proud of this afternoon is the fact that we're now starting to grow very aggressively into the prosthetic and orthotic industry, and one where it makes sense given what we do, but it was, it was not obvious to me for many years that this is an industry that was primed to benefit from the, the challenges that we solve.
1: Congratulations. And as you you talked about this, Jay, I sort of thought about it. And it's like, yeah, you know, sometimes the advice that you get is well intentioned, but not necessarily well informed. So kudos to you and your team for tackling this corner of the market. I think it's a, a very intriguing niche that you guys have started to work in there. Aside from this one, or maybe you want to dive deeper into this prosthetic area, tell us about an exciting project that you're working on today.
0: Well, probably the most exciting one is a new addition to the Careopolis that is something that we've been studying for a while, and it's one that will be aimed at helping to improve physician wellness. Hmm. I appreciate that the two things are very, very different, but the medical community has a lot of challenges in connection with the wellness of physicians and medical staff throughout the continuum of the institution. And we're working on a, a solution that we believe will help stem this phenomena of the commonalities in, uh, you know, issues with wellness. And I'm talking about suicide and depression and other things that are detrimental to the success of the industry. Mm-hmm. And so this is something that I, we're still kind of wrapping our arms around and defining, but that's probably where I'm most excited about where we're going is in this kind of an offshoot, kind of a... A sidearm of the Carapulces that will—it's not aimed at so much putting a spotlight on the reality of medical of wellness throughout the medical community, but instead, kind of a nudging effect, a social another social solution that will be aimed at studying this this whole phenomena.
1: Love it! What a worthwhile endeavor! And folks, if you're listening to this and um, you're working in this space as well, or, or definitely want to partner with somebody. Jay is definitely a gentleman that you may want to speak with here toward the end. We'll uh, get you an opportunity to find out how to get in touch with him. Getting close to the end here. So let's pretend, Jay, you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in the business of healthcare. It is the Jay Dreyer 101 course. So I've got (laughs) four questions for you, lightning round style, followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Ready. All right. What's the best way to improve health care outcomes? I think,
0: to me, acknowledging that I'm not a healthcare professional, but when you look at the triangle of holistic healing, mind-body-spirit, I think probably one of the most commonly elusive facets of healing to help promote better outcomes, no matter what's going on with someone in regards to an acute or chronic or behavioral or cognitive illness, anything along the continuum of care, One of the most elusive assets for helping to foster better outcomes is social healing of -hmm. enabling loved ones to become more consistently and naturally and durably part of the journey that you're on. And I think that when from my angle as an outsider to the healthcare industry, that is the one most commonly elusive assets for helping to foster quality outcomes.
1: Social healing. And what would you say the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid is?
0: I think one of the biggest mistakes that I see is professionals throughout the healthcare industry that think in a very linear way. If you have the blessing or on the flip side of blessing, the discipline to read and expand your horizons, that you'll start to appreciate that a matrix approach to innovating and improving your ability to provide world-class healthcare in 2018 and beyond is looking out there at the range of innovations that are doing things that are Not only clinical, but on from my perspective, on the social side of helping to affect better outcomes.
1: So how do you stay relevant despite constant change?
0: I think that constant change is the norm. The minute that people get busy wondering when things are going to stop changing, that's when you start to appreciate the fact that the one reality in life is that things are going to continue to change. That's the one absolute. And The more that I have developed my career, I've found myself just embracing change Mm -hmm. and embracing the importance of looking out there on the horizon every day. And when people reach out to me seeking to explore partnering or coming on board as a client organization or something like that, is just in listening and integrating everything that I'm reading and hearing and seeing into those dialogues. Because if the one absolute in life is that things are going to change, to expect that they're ever going to remain the same is just not life. And so to me, part of staying relevant is, is reading, listening, and challenging, doing my best as an outsider to the industry to challenge the status quo and lead people to look at what we're doing as our, as our tiny little contribution towards the huge investments they're making in their
1: contributions. Love that. What's one area of focus, Jay, that drives everything in your organization?
0: Probably the most significant focus is on our member base around the world. You know, those people are out there. They're fighting the good fight every day as caretakers and as patients at the center of it and associated friends and loved ones. And, you know, they're the result of most of our innovation. And, you know, they are looking at things in relation to our solution and what it's doing for them in ways that they're always outspoken, and happy to share criticisms or suggestions on how we can be better. And so over all of our years and appreciating that no one on our team is, has a healthcare background, for us to develop the world-class tool that does what we do raises a huge amount of appreciation to the importance that we do listen to our member base and our clients who are throughout the healthcare continuum in that they're really the source of our innovation.
1: Love that. What book would you recommend to the listeners as part of the syllabus, Jay?
0: I would say the one that's top of mind right now that is one that's sticking with me with almost every minute I'm thinking about something connected to it is a book called A Whole New Mind by an author named Daniel Pink, and uh, one that is just something that I don't care if you're in sales or marketing or you're a physician or basically any walk in life, that this book is just a real eye-opener into the importance of empathy in design and relationship building. And it's not a soft, warm, and fuzzy book about empathy and mindfulness. It's much more concrete in business. But it's something that just has me fascinated by this guy's thoughts.
1: Outstanding recommendation, Jay. Folks, you could get this syllabus that we just constructed for you, along with links to... Jay's companies, as well as this book that he recommended, just go to outcomesrocket.health slash Dreyer, as in Jay Dreyer, that's D-R-A-Y-E-R. You'll find all that there along with the transcript of our interview today. Jay, before we conclude, I'd love if you could just share a closing thought and then the best place for the listeners could get in touch with you.
0: My closing thought of the day is uh, empathy. As a former CFO We're not necessarily always known as the softest people in the room, but over the years of doing what I've been doing, I think that's probably one of the most significant strengths that people can leverage in doing what they do better and more effectively. And the way that's best to get a hold of me is through email, and that is CEO at careflash.com. And I tend to be very responsive to emails and certainly eager to open any dialogues as anybody has an interest to discuss.
1: Outstanding, Jay. Hey, it's been a true pleasure to have you on. Really appreciate the insights you shared with us today and looking forward to staying in touch with you, my friend.
0: Like you. Thanks. Thank you, Saul. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.